we have a couple of golfers here this morning who were uh, sort of intrigued by the title of my sermon, The Saint and Two Golfers. Well, you're going to hear a story about a saint and a story about two golfers throughout the sermon. I want to begin, though, with a story about a saint, about St. Patrick, who is the patron saint of Ireland. It's about one time when he was baptizing new converts in a river. And St. Patrick would wade waist deep out into the river, and then he would call the new Christians to come to him to be baptized. And one by one, they would receive the sacrament. Well, once he baptizes a chief of a mountain tribe. And St. Patrick always, when he was baptizing, held a staff in one of his hands. And as the people came out, he would use the staff to steady himself if necessary. And the chief came out, and he, as he was lowering him down into the water, it was St. Patrick's practice to, to immerse the person three times in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, so three times. And he did that. And each time he went down, he would press the staff on the way down, just sort of naturally press down into the bottom of the river. And afterwards, as the chief was walking up, back up to the riverbank, people noticed that he was limping. And he wasn't limping when he went into the river. So someone explained to Patrick that as he pressed that wooden staff into the riverbed, he must have also been pressing it into the chief's foot. And so Patrick said to him, why didn't you say something when I, when I, if, when I, the first time that happened? And the chief said, I'm surprised by that question. He said, I remember you telling me about the story of the cross and the nails. And I just thought that pain was part of my baptism. When I read that story, I couldn't help but think how many of us would or would not have been baptized or our parents would have allowed us to be baptized if we even thought that there would be any pain involved. But this chief just thought it was part of the whole process. John the Baptist was in the wilderness. He was preaching a baptism of repentance for sins. And all the people of Jerusalem and the surrounding countryside were coming, and they were coming out to be baptized by this man. And among these people, Mark tells us in his simple way, was one Jesus from Nazareth. And when Jesus came up out of the water, he tells us that immediately he saw the heaven opened and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove and a voice saying from heaven, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. This was a big event in Jesus' life. Until this time, as far as we know, he had worked in a carpenter shop. We'd never, he'd not been heard about before this. Nowhere does it say that he used that carpenter shop as a pulpit, so he wasn't uh, having church in the, uh, in, in, the, in the carpenter shop or he wasn't uh, ministering or healing people or anything else. As far as we know, he was working with his earthly father there. It tells us that his family and his friends and neighbors were surprised when he began his ministry. 
It was like he came out of nowhere. Suddenly there was this Jesus. Today we would probably say that uh, Jesus came to his ministry as a second career. He had been in the carpenter business. Now at about the age 30, he hears a call and he answers a call by being baptized by John first. And then as he comes up out of the water, he has this amazing experience. The heavens open and he sees the Holy Spirit like a dove and he hears the voice of God telling me, telling him, you are my beloved son. Now you and I didn't have that kind of dramatic baptism. We didn't see the heavens open up. Our parents didn't see the heavens open up. At least if they did, I haven't heard any accounts of that. Those of us who were baptized as infants don't remember, but I'm sure our parents would have probably told us about it if that happened. But still, baptism is an important event in our lives, isn't it? I consider it a very important event. And I want to talk about a few different reasons why I believe it is. First of all, for one thing, baptism reminds us that each of us has a place in the family of God. Nobody can tell you or me that life doesn't matter. Nobody can tell you or me that we aren't loved. We are a part of God's family. That includes you, whoever you are. In the Peanuts cartoon, Charlie Brown and Linus are talking, and Linus says, I feel kind of depressed today. Do you ever have the feeling that life has passed you by, Charlie Brown? And Charlie Brown answers him, Worse than that, sometimes I think life and I are going in opposite directions. We all feel like that sometimes. It's at those times that we feel that way that we need to remind ourselves, like Martin Luther often did, that we are baptized. We are members of the family of God. We are God's own daughters and sons. We belong to him. And it was nothing that we did. It was all done by the grace of God and because he loves us so very much. First golf story. There was an old golf pro by the name of Harvey Pennick. At 90 years old, Harvey hit the jackpot with two books that he wrote about golf. Harvey Pennick's Little Red Book and If You Play Golf, You're My Friend. With those books each sold over two million copies. And here he was at, that was 90, at the age of 90. In the 1920s, you see, he bought a little red spiral notebook and he just began noticing things that happened during the game of golf. And he began to write down all of his observations. He never showed his little notebook to anybody except his son until 1991, and then he shared it with a local uh, writer, and he asked this writer if he thought it was worth publishing. And the man read it, and he said, yeah, definitely. And so he left him uh, a message the very next day with Pennock's wife, because he wasn't home when he called. He left a message saying that Simon & Schuster had agreed to an advance of $90,000. 
When the writer saw, this was a long time ago, when the writer saw Pennock later, he saw that he was upset. He couldn't figure out why. And then finally he said, with all my medical bills and all the bills I have, I'm in my 90s, I see the doctor a lot. There's no way I can afford to give Simon & Schuster $90,000. He had to explain to him that he would be the one that was going to get the $90,000. Sometimes, I think, we people mistakenly see God's offer of salvation in Christ like Harvey mistakenly saw Simon & Schuster's offer. We ask, what do I have to do? God says, nothing. Just receive it. We have a place in the family of God. There's no greater honor in this world or in the next world. And it's God's free gift to all of us. Just accept it. Baptism reminds us that we're part of God's family. Baptism also reminds us that our sins are forgiven. Sometimes we get pretty free and easy about forgiveness. It's easy to think to ourselves, well, what a great system. This is pretty awesome. I sin, God forgives. I sin, God forgives. I sin, God forgives. This goes on for infinity. Well, we don't think the whole thing through when we think like that. Because God's forgiveness is a very costly business. There was a, years ago on Saturday Night Live television show, there was a segment that was called Deep Thoughts. And one funny and at the same time terrible deep thought was this. If a kid asks you where rain comes from, I think a cute thing to tell the kid is, God is crying. And if he asks you why God is crying, another cute thing to tell him is, probably because of something you did. Sounds like a pretty guaranteed way to cause guilt. It reminds me of a story that author Walter Wangren writes about. He tells about an experience that he had long ago with his son. His son Matthew, when he was seven years old in the second grade, became fascinated with comic books. And one day he stole some comics books from the library. When Walter found out, he found them in his room. He confronted him about it, he corrected him, and he took him back to the library to return the comic books. Matthew got a stern lecture about stealing from the librarian, and then he got another one from his dad. Well, the following summer, it happened again. Matthew stole some comic books from a store. Again, Walter corrected him, told him how wrong it was to steal. A year later, Matthew again stole comic books from a drugstore. Walter decided that this time he had to do something to get his attention and to communicate to him just how serious this matter of stealing was. So he took Matthew into his study. He said, Matthew, I have never spanked you before, and I don't want to now. But somehow I've got to get through to you and help you see how wrong it is to steal. 
So he bent Matthew over and he spanked him with his bare hand. Matthew's eyes filled with tears and he sat there looking at the floor. Then his father said, Matthew, I'm going to leave for a little bit. Just sit here and think about what you've done and I'll be back in a few minutes. Walter left for a reason. He said he couldn't help himself. He himself broke down and cried like a baby. He, the father, cried and he cried. And then he went into the restroom, washed his face, straightened himself up and went back into the study to talk to his son. From that day on, Matthew never stole again. Years later, as Matthew, after his father had passed away, Matthew and his mom were talking about what had happened and some memories of his childhood. And they remembered the incident with the comic books. And Matthew said, Mom, after that day I never stole anything from anybody and I never ever will again. His mom said, was it because your dad spanked you? He said, no. It was because I heard him crying. Many of us can remember as children, or maybe even as adults, the pain that we felt when we saw one of our parents cry. Even worse was knowing that we are responsible for those tears. Grace is never cheap. Our sins are wrong. And sometimes we bring harm into God's world when we do wrong. Harm to ourselves, harm to our families, harm to our friends, our environment sometimes, our reputation, our character. Harm to what it means to be one of God's children. John's baptism was for those who had repented of their sins. We can't be baptized every time God forgives us, but baptism is a great reminder of the tremendous love that God has for us. And because of that love, our sins, all of them, past, present, and future, are forgiven. And that brings me to the final reason. That baptism is an important, important event in our lives. Baptism reminds us that it's never too late for a new start. We don't have to stay where we are. We can start again. Someone once asked how a person who is already a Christian can become a Christian. Think about that. You might have grown up in the church, but secondhand faith is not enough. It's easy to take the faith that we grew up in for granted, isn't it? After all, it becomes like the air we breathe. It's always been there. May I suggest we need something a little bit more than that. Baptism reminds us that we need a fresh experience of God's grace and God's love and we need to remember that it's always available to us if we just ask. One more golf story. In 1971, a man named Jim Reed moved to Florida to work for Walt Disney. He, was going to work as a, he went to work as a surveyor 
In his spare time, he took up scuba diving, and he would go and search for sunken treasures and old shipwrecks. Well, one day he put on his scuba gear and he dove into a water hazard at the local golf course. And to his amazement, he found that in that little lake, there were thousands and thousands of golf balls that people had hit into the lake. He told the course manager all about it. And the manager said, go down there and get them out for me and I'll give you 10 cents a ball. He made almost as much in one day as he did in a week as a surveyor off those golf balls. And so he quit his job with Disney to run his business. He became a golf ball diver. He became known as the used golf ball king of Florida. He called his business Second Chance, and it did so well that he sold it a few years later for $5.1 million. He made a good living finding golf balls that others thought were lost and couldn't be retrieved. It wasn't always easy work, but it brought him great reward. Jim Reed is not the only one who specializes in finding what is lost. God is the greatest finder of what others have thought couldn't be found. Not lost golf balls, but lost people. Our baptism reminds us that when we get lost, when we stray from being what God has created us to be, God gives us a chance. He says, forget about it. It's okay. Start all over. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's a good thing he does. None of us have a chance. You and I didn't see the heavens open when we were baptized. We didn't hear a voice from heaven. But you know what? That day, I can guarantee you, God was well pleased. Our baptism is, should be at least, precious to us. May we realize how important it is. And may we remember all the things that it reminds us of. We are loved. We are forgiven. We can always experience a new beginning. With God's help, may that experience of baptism, which happened for some of us long ago, be fresh in our minds today as we remember the baptism of our Lord and as we renew our own baptismal promises together in just a little bit. Amen.